Hello, this is QJ Martin, and you're listening to the Writer's Everything Podcast, providing you with everything you need to succeed as a writer. Hello, and welcome to week seven of the 2021 Novel Challenge, here on the Writer's Everything. First and foremost, I want to say that it is really fantastic to be recording the 15th episode of the Writer's Everything Podcast. That's such an incredible milestone for me especially in just two short months. And it's even more exciting that the show's viewership statistics continue to go up, and the 2021 Novel Challenge episodes consistently have the highest numbers. I'm also very happy to report that I am now recording in an office instead of my car, and my recording time has been cut in half, if not more thanks to the fact that I don't have to wait for a car to pass by me every 45 seconds while I wait to record. My office has a microphone stand, a pop filter, acoustic foam, everything. You would almost think that it was a legit recording studio, if it wasn't for the bookshelves full of books and movies that occupy most of the wall space. Now that the more time-consuming and time-sensitive aspects of my life are behind me, I really want to focus on each one of you, my listeners. How is your story going? Does your progress excite you? Does your plot make you giddy? Are you shaking with the anticipation of getting the first words onto the page? I really hope that you've had the best experience possible this year. This is the part where you're able to look back and start to appreciate just how far you've come. As a reminder, if you would like to share your progress with me, you're actually able to send me voice recordings that I can include in this show. You can do this by going to anchor.fm slash thewriterseverything and pressing the message button. I would absolutely love to hear about your progress and share it with the rest of the writing community, so please feel free to do that at any time. Also, don't forget that if you support me on Patreon at the $1 level, I will have a monthly conversation of encouragement with you about your writing. At the $5 level, I will do everything I can to help you plot your novel and work through any challenges you may have. If you'd like to support me and receive either of those benefits, just go to patreon.com slash qjmartin. Okay, so this week's assignment for the 2021 Novel Challenge is going to be one of the more difficult ones we've had. We're going to be working on a basic outline for Act 2 of our novels. Now, many different stories stumble during Act 2. For one thing, it's twice as long as Act 1 or Act 3, and the specifics of Act 2 are quite a bit more nebulous than those of the first and third act. But I don't doubt for a single second that we'll be able to get through it together. Now remember from last week that in Act 1 we had the inciting incident which pushes the character into the world of the story and the first plot point where the character makes the choice to act and accepts their upcoming adventure. So that's where Act 2 picks up. The character is performing their first actions. The first half of Act 2 is aptly called the fun and games portion of the story or, as I've been calling it in this podcast, 
the promise of the novel. As an example, Tony Stark uses his genius and vast fortunes in order to build a supersuit. Mark Watney uses science along with his own personal resourcefulness to survive alone and abandon on Mars. The promise of the novel will have several different setbacks and obstacles that the main character is going to have to overcome. Tony Stark face plants on his ceiling, melts the paint off his cars, and ices his suit because he flew too high, almost killing himself in the process. Mark Watney has to figure out how to survive long enough to be around when the next mission to Mars arrives. He has to solve logistical problems, including the creation of more food and water, and not blowing himself halfway across his base. So the first half of Act 2 ends at the midpoint, which is where everything changes. Tony Stark discovers that his mentor and partner, Obadiah, is secretly selling weapons to the same terrorist organization that kidnapped Tony. The rocket full of supplies from Mark Watney explodes on takeoff, and his situation appears hopeless. The second half of Act 2 involves rapidly increasing stakes that often culminate in a dark night of the soul moment, also known as a hint of death. Tony Stark takes increasingly bigger risks in his effort to stop the terrorists that are using his weapons. This leads to a run-in with the United States Air Force where he's almost killed. Then his actions drive Obadiah to create his own suit, leaving Tony for dead in a final act of betrayal in order to obtain his arc reactor. The crew of the Hermes decide to sacrifice months of their life in order to return to Mars and save Mark Watney. Watney desperately travels to the Ares 4 mission site, knowing that the slightest problem or delay would make his friends sacrifice an act of heroism worthless and would result in his own death. The rising action leads directly into the climax, which we'll address as we summarize Act 3 of our novels. I know that this sounds like a lot of work, maybe even too much to just wrap your mind around. We're outlining half a novel here, so it only makes sense that it would be difficult. But let's just do everything we can to keep it simple and straightforward. Remember, your character starts to act. We have fun and games with a series of challenges and setbacks. Everything changes at the midpoint, then the stakes rapidly increase and lead directly into the dark night of the soul moment. Okay, now act one of my story ended with Private Edwards waking up in the infirmary. He realizes that the compound he was gassed with, the one that was supposed to overdose him to death, allowed him to see glimpses of the future, and he decides to get his hands on more of that compound. Now, I'm going to alter the first plot point ever so slightly before I start plotting act two of my novel. You should always feel free to adjust things as needed to fit with your newest decisions, revelations, or epiphanies that your writing present you with. Personally, I've decided that waking up and knowing exactly what happened to him is just a little bit anticlimactic. I don't want him to know that it was the near future that he saw when he was gassed. So instead, I'm going to have Private Edwards wake up with an insatiable curiosity to know exactly what that compound was and what it did to him. Maybe one other person on his team, who I'll temporarily name Jimmy, survived the gassing, but 
he's in a coma because of the high doses he inhaled. So Edwards also believes that if he finds out what the compound is, he could help Jimmy to wake up. As a side note, Jimmy waking up is also going to be crucial to the midpoint of the story. So, Edwards plans a mission to sneak his way into the German laboratory where he was almost killed. There are a number of US soldiers standing guard, and he especially doesn't want to have to fight to get his way inside. So, he sneaks past them, he gets inside, and finds numerous vials of the compound. He opens one up and sniffs it. Then an officer walks in and heads straight for him. But just as the officer is about to catch Edwards, he fades from vision. And behind him, Edwards sees the real officer walking down the stairs, echoing those exact same movements. So Edwards grabs as many vials as he's able to, then sneaks out in the opposite direction. So this is where the fun and games really kicks in in my story. He takes the vials back to the barracks with him and starts to experiment. He learns that the more you take, the further into the future you see. He finally trains himself to see the future and the present at the same time. And maybe he uses his vision of the future to, I don't know, play tricks on his fellow soldiers. I considered having him play poker with them and knowing exactly what each of them has in their hands for each turn, but that feels just a little bit cliche. And it reminds me a little too much of the movie Edge of Tomorrow. So about one quarter of the way through Act 2, he decides that he's learned enough about the compound itself. He wants to use it for the war effort. So he convinces a superior officer to send him on a mission. He's able to accurately predict the movement of the German soldiers, and he prevents several deaths on the part of his teammates. The mission ends up being quite a success. Now, this could potentially be enough to lead directly into the midpoint if I were plotting a movie. But considering the fact that I'm writing a novel, I'm going to need to do a little bit more. I think, at this point, I want Edwards to start to get cocky. He just completed a successful mission, and now, more than ever, he believes that you should never have to choose between the lesser of two evils. He sees himself as virtually invincible. So at this point, I think I'll have a little montage of Edwards successfully completing missions and perhaps even receiving a field promotion. He starts to run low on his compound, so he goes on one last mission before the midpoint, but he takes less with each dose than he normally would. He trusts in himself, but at a crucial moment, when he thinks the entire building has been cleared, the compound wears off, and his best friend walks into the last room before he's able to take more of it. He hears his best friend get shot, then the compound kicks in, and he sees a vision of his friend stumbling out of the room, futilely trying to staunch the blood before he falls in front of Edwards and dies. Edwards heads back to the base, rethinking everything, including his opinion that he could win the war without having to put his own life in danger by taking too much of the compound. When he gets back, he finds out that Jimmy woke up, and he's spouting what the doctors say is absolute nonsense. Edwards goes to visit Jimmy, and Jimmy tells him about the events he saw during World War II, shortly before he passed out. He talks about just how terrible the vision was. The doctors wheel him out, intending to send him to an asylum, or something of that nature, while Edwards is left with the realization that he has to stop World War II at any cost. 
So this is my midpoint. This is where everything changes for Edwards. Things become more complex. He starts to see the world from a different point of view, one where he might very well need to make sacrifices for the greater good. I still have half of Act 2 left to work on, but you know what? I think that's enough for this episode of The Writer's Everything. So be sure to come back on Monday to listen to episode 7.5, where I finish outlining Act 2 and go over some additional details I've discovered along the way, and why I've chosen to add them into the story. Then on Friday, it will be time to finish our rough outline by plotting out the third act. So make sure you work on outlining Act 2 this week. Remember to include the promise of the novel, challenges and setbacks, a midpoint where everything changes, then rapidly increasing stakes with a Dark Knight of the Soul moment at the end. And come back next Friday to work with me at Outlining Act 3. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Writer's Everything Podcast. If you'd like to read a transcript of this episode, you can find it at thewriterseverything.org slash transcripts. If you'd like to listen to future episodes, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're currently listening on. And be sure to give it a rating while you're at it to let me know what you think of the show. If you'd like access to exclusive bonus content, such as my list and review of the top character name generators on the web, you can go to thewriterseverything.org slash newsletter. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so at patreon.com slash qjmartin. For your convenience, all the reference links will also be in the show notes. Thank you.